Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we are a VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailers, and behind the scenes. And at the end, we put something in our museum. Matt, did you see this when you were a little kid in the theater? Uh, We're, of course, talking about Jurassic Park 3. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. I have a, a proposition I'd like to discuss with you. I've chartered an airplane to fly us over Isla Sorna, and we'd like you to be our guide. We'd love to make a contribution to your research here. It could almost be paradise. My God, I'd forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. You cannot land on this island. Oh, my God! But in this forbidden place, where man has tampered with nature... This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. Something unexpected has evolved. They can talk to each other. To a degree we never imagined. On July 18th, you probably won't get off the side of the line. It's not just a walk in the park. They set a trap. They actually set a trap. I almost missed this one, though. Much like I think the rest of audiences when this came out, I just didn't have a lot of interest in it anymore, you know? Like, the first two kind of come and went. second one was kind of disappointing. By the time the third one came out, I was like, eh, if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. And I ended up catching it at the end of its run in theaters, you know, when it first came out, so... Well, this kind of was dinosaur fatigue at its max. This was, what, 2001? Mm-hmm. Summer of 2001. And we were just kind of past it. We were in the... What was coming out in then? Because I remember Independence Day. We had Twister 95, Independence Day, Godzilla. There just really wasn't anything in 01. Like 2000, 2001 were kind of like slow times. I mean, we had X-Men in 2000. That's about it. Like, it was just not a big time. It wasn't until Spider-Man kicked in the door in 02 for all the flood of the first wave of comic book movies. It this really wasn't anything. It was like, it, it's like when the when a decade ends and like for the first two years, the decade still kind of hangs on. Like, the 90s ended and there were still kind of like two years of like, oh, what do we do? That's sort of what this was. Well, I think, it, yeah, this came out right before 9-11. Right. And so this was kind of like the changing point right before before we get into the like the gritty realism and especially into the zombie flood. Yeah, zombies, superheroes, you know, on the two ends of the spectrum, zombies was our our crippling depression after 9/11 and uh, superheroes were our hope after 9/11 and yeah, before this was like Harry Potter maybe. Was this, was this the beginning of Harry Potter? But it still was like right at the beginning. You know, we hadn't, we just didn't have anything yet. Mm-hmm. Like the late 90s, early 2000s, was just sort of riding the wave of like the mid 90s still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was all, I mean, this is considered the black sheep of the entire Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise. I read that multiple times and I totally understand it. Like you said, it was kind of forgotten. 
Yeah, like people. I feel like most people also just like felt like I did when it came out. It was like, oh, cool, a new Jurassic Park movie. I'll see it when I see it. When two came out, I remember how crazy everybody was when two was coming out in '97. That was a hotly anticipated movie, and people were freaking out about it. Like that was really exciting. This one kind of just came with like a whimper, like, oh, there's a third Jurassic Park, by the way. I completely agree with it. I saw this. It was uh, during college. We all saw it. I remember seeing this, going to the theater. And it was more like we had an argument. I said, this film's not good. I, I could tell right away. Something's not right. That was my- I'm less harsh on it now. I- I've cooled off a little bit, backed off. I don't care as much. I think that's the ultimate problem with it. I just don't care about the film. Even though it's going to be a very exciting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I, that's kind of how I went into it too. It was like, I wasn't in a phase of like liking these kind of movies when I was like, I was 11 when this came out. It wasn't until like 02 when like Resident Evil 28 Days Later came out that I became like rabidly back into horror movies. Like I was uh, mm-hmm. super into horror movies in the 90s when I was growing up. And then like in my like late early preteens or whatever 9 10 11 i kind of was just like into wrestling and some movies but not a lot you know, there wasn't a lot of movies coming out for me anyway so yeah this is just this just fell in that thing where i just i didn't have any interest and i feel like when i did see it i was like okay seen it it's a movie i saw i didn't hate it you know i lumped this into like terminator 3 like a void of like sequels i just didn't really like ah they're there i don't really care they're floating out there that's also another movie that friends in college i remember scott especially we'd just argue on and on about like were these movies good (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my thing with terminator 3 is like your reverse of this movie I was fine on Terminator 3 when that came out, and then now I've rewatched it semi-recently, and I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> After Terminator 2, the rest of the Terminators are either useless or garbage. <laughs> I like 4. I like Salvation. Well, that's kind of, again, it's it's there, but it's not really useful. No, no, no. Yeah, you don't need it for anything. It's just like, oh, okay, two hours, I can spend it, I guess, watching this. Fifth one, I was like... What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah, that was a snoozer. Snoozer. (laughs) Okay, Matt, why don't you get down to describing the box art? So, actually, I really like this box because I'm definitely minimalist all the way. We get the new Jurassic Park logo with instead of the T-Rex fossil, we get whatever dinosaur is sort of the featured one in this movie, which I... Spinosaurus. Sure. Uh, We get the Spinosaurus (laughs) in in the logo instead with the tiny pterodactyls flying in the background as well for the logo. And then the Jurassic Park 3, of course, the 3 is the scratch marks, which I really like. That's a cool visual. It's an entirely silver box, shiny silver box. There's like a shadow of a pterodactyl flying over it. I really like that. Yes, the marketing on this is kind of cool because they're they're changing themselves from the first two. The first one obviously was a sign, and the second one came out with an awesome VHS where it was the hologram yep and that was really cool so this one's like well we got to change ourselves from it and they went with that shiny look like you said minimalist and you notice this in the video store or you know at your walmart walking by it was one of those things like well you know i kind of want to buy that yeah they they used the shiny all the way around too so i mean it's going to catch your eye no matter what angle you catch it at this advertises sort of like their marketing for the movie we'll get into it in the behind the scenes i guess a little bit there this is a horror movie they're advertising this as a horror movie 
Uh, yeah, like a monster flick. Right. You know, the shadow of the threatening pterodactyl. And that was a big part of their marketing. And then our, like, Spinosaurus is on the side, mouth agape, ready to eat somebody. So you know you're in for some dinosaur carnage. Flipping over to the back here, we get a quote on the top from Joel Siegel from Good Morning America. A thrill ride, exclamation point. Only review on here. And then we get a large image of Billy, Ru- Billy, I think his name was, mm-hmm. running away from the pterodactyl. Another smaller image of the family and Dr. Grant uh, hiding in the downed airplane. The face of the Spinosaurus coming in ready to eat them. Here's a description. So for those who don't know what this movie is about, who maybe did skip it, no one, and <laughs> haven't bothered to go back and see it. Adventure runs wild when renowned paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant agrees to accompany a wealthy adventurer, William H. Macy, and his wife, Taya Leone, on an aerial tour of Isla Sorna? Isla Sorna? InGen's former breeding ground for prehistoric creatures. When they're terrifyingly stranded, Dr. Grant discovers that his hosts are not what they seem, and the island's native inhabitants are smarter, faster, fiercer, and more brutal than he ever imagined in this heart-stomping thriller. Color, one hour, 33 minutes. Jeez, the synopsis of this is almost as fast as the film. (laughs) Yeah, an hour and a half. For a big temple movie, like franchise movie, to be an hour and a half is kind of crazy. 92 minutes, right? Was that what it was? Well, it it actually says an hour and 33 minutes, but my counter when I watched it at home said uh, an hour 31. 2001 uh, is when this one came out. It's PG-13 for intense sci-fi terror and violence. Hmm. Man, that synopsis is not exciting. But, I mean, it's what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, and I, was, I don't read these synopsises. I wait for you to read it so I can react to it. And that one, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> so let's pop this tape in and talk about the trailers. Let's do it. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. We had a lot of trailers on this tape. I, yes. I was amazed. Now, I know Universal will pack a lot of them, like yeah. Sony will and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, we get the ones, like lately, or not lately, but a few of them we've had recently, just nothing on there. And then, But this one was a big release when this, they were trying to sell stuff. I get it. They, pop, they packed a ton on here. Well, part of me wonders if a film like this, which was okay in the theaters, it made its money back and everything like that, but like when it comes out to video... Maybe they fill it a little bit more? Because, yeah. I mean, they certainly had enough tape. <laughs> yeah, and they, they they probably expected a lot of rentals for this, which I'm sure they got. So the first trailer that we get in here is like a TV spot, 30-second spot for The Mummy Returns. I kind of wanted to watch The Mummy Returns after I saw that. I'm like, oh, I got to watch JP3. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big fan of that one. Kind of just like whatever movie to me. One of them I liked a, a lot. I love the first one. Yeah. So it might have been that. I, I think I saw this preview start, and I was like, God, I want to watch The Mummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't big on Mummy Returns. Yeah, it's like a 30-second spot. It's just like buy the video and DVD. It's very quick. The second one, though, was a full trailer for Fast and the Furious, the first one, and that was a blast from the past right there. That's that's one of the movies, conversely to this one, that was kind of a big deal in one. It was massive. It kind of just started a whole new genre of car films. And basically the movie's just, you know, you see it when you watch the trailer, it's just point break with cars. It's all it is. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. So I guess, yeah, Paul Walker would be your Johnny... Johnny Rico? No, Johnny Rico. That's a starship. 
What am I thinking? Johnny... Utah. Utah. Yes, Johnny Utah. He's just a cop. Falls in love with the uh, underworld that he's supposed to be undercover in. Same thing. The only thing we needed, though, was a glorious mullet. I mean, Paul Walker's 2001 hair is pretty incredible with, like, the, the bleached streaks and, mm-hmm. like, just up and super gelled. Oh, man. We look so stupid in 01. <laughs> we look so bad in 01. I had the streaks. Man. It's awful. <laughs> I don't like to remember those times. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. I did it as a teenager in the early 2000s. I, I had it. I did it. Damn all those teenage comedies. Yeah, making us think we had to look like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second one was Shrek. Yep, Shrek was another like 30 second or so spot. Really pumping like, you're going to want to rent this movie. You're going to want to own this movie. Yeah, I thought Shrek came out in like 99. No, it was the same time. It was like 2000, 2001. Was it? Yeah, somewhere in this region. Yeah, my timeline is so screwed up at that point, I guess. Uh, it's just a random side note, and I don't know if we'll ever cover this movie because it is on VHS, but rewatched Shrek recently. Did not like it. Yeah, you mentioned that in an earlier uh, animation one. We had a. Oh, was, did I bring it up? I can't even remember what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah, I didn't like it as much. You got to watch the second one. You said you would. So I will. Hopefully you I will. will. Fourth thing we got on this was awesome the Universal Studios theme park. At Universal. We make movies, and then bring them to life. We created a T-Rex, and then we made him real. We invented a time machine, then traveled back in time. The Grinch stole Christmas. Then we brought it back. We discovered a mummy. Then took you into his tomb. Visit Universal theme parks around the world. And experience the thrill. Ride the movie. Live the adventure. There's no other place on Earth that takes you into the movies like Universal. If it happens on the big screen, it comes to life at Universal. Universal Entertainment. Universal Excitement. To book your Universal theme park vacation in Hollywood or Orlando, call toll-free 1-888-328-4364. Like, just promo. Yeah, like a good, like, two-minute, like, full commercial, like, advertising all their rides and all the different, like, cool sets and stuff they have at both Universal theme parks in California and Orlando. Really cool. Oh, that Made was... me want to go there. Yes. I was, like, sold. Take me there now. Sarah just came back from Universal. Her work had a big convention, and as a fun thing, they gave a bunch of people, you know, Universal tickets, and they went to the Harry Potter world, which yeah. I'm not into Harry Potter... Uh, I know some people give me shit about it, and they're shocked I'm not into Harry Potter. I have no interest in it, but that said, I would love to go to the Harry Potter world. <laughs> I would go to all of it. And 08 was the last time I went to Orlando uh, and did Universal and did Islands of Adventure, which I mentioned in this promo or whatever. The whole I think it was there for like five days, 
and the plan was to do like one day islands, one day Universal, and then like the Disney things the other days or whatever. I ended up just going back to Universal all three of the other days. It's so fun. So yeah, that commercial was just like you know, and it's got that that early two thousands pre nine eleven positivity to it, where you're just like, oh man, I really want to like this. Just looks so fun. <laughs> Life is fun. Nothing will hurt us. The nineties was great. Yeah right. <laughs> and then yeah right. Another trailer on this was the first look to the Scorpion King. You know, I've never seen this film. Me neither. I saw this, and this was an extended preview. This was probably like three minutes or something, mm-hmm. uh, with some like raw footage as well as like polished footage. It looked like I still just don't even have any interest in it. Like even after watching like, the three minute, like this is our big summer movie for O2. Don't miss it. And I was like, I could miss this. <laughs> I always remembered this being The Rock's first like starring role right and where everyone's just like oh man the rock he's coming and i do remember at the time going like yeah right whatever uh, he's a wrestler he, yeah he was charismatic but i just thought he'd be in these action films for a while and then fade boy was i wrong yeah how many times have we talked about the rock already on this podcast we even did a full rampage episode with him <laughs> which not many of you listen to you should listen to it it's a good episode i saw the movie stoned it's really funny oh <laughs> uh, last thing on this was ron howard's the grinch which i could not stand i've only seen it once yeah, I saw it in theaters, and that was it. Probably in 2000, 2001, whenever that one came out. Watching this trailer, though, because it was a full trailer, like the full theatrical trailer, I would actually give it another shot. To me, it was just way too much Jim Carrey. It was just like, whoa, whoa, overload of Jim Carrey. <laughs> well, and it's also like, this is this is post-Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey, too. So, like, it's almost like Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey as opposed to, like, natural. You know, like a liar liar or... Uh, Ace Ventura where he's like on but it's like funny and it's like his thing and the Grinch it's at the point where it's like Jim Carrey trying to figure out how to do Jim Carrey so he's just overcompensating I think and for a lot of his comedies around this time were that like Bruce Almighty I think is pretty bad movie because it's him trying to do him (laughs) when I first watched this and and this was when we went through this weird phase of kind of like fairy tale because I remember the Brothers Grimm and we did like yeah we did like a storybook phase that we had in the early 2000s for some reason yeah i don't know why <laughs> after that they say stay tuned for additional extras or additional footage or whatever after the movie and we did we'll talk about that after the movie we'll kind of like i guess play it just like you'd be watching the film yeah, yeah. we'll play it because it's really really short and there was if you're renting this vhs there's no reason to stay tuned after <laughs> spoiler alert there's no reason to stay tuned after but we'll tell you exactly what it is uh, I also wrote down, just because I wanted to point it out, uh, that we haven't seen a lot of the tapes. This is one of the rare ones that we get the uh, rating for the film before the film starts. Where, like, the PG-13 blue screen comes up before the movie and, like, says why it's rated PG-13 before the movie starts. We haven't had one of those, I don't think, yet. And I just thought that was strange. Because that's yeah. something that we see on DVDs now all the time. But, mm-hmm. like, on VHSs, that wasn't really a thing. I wonder if that's why it didn't register. Because you always see that before a trailer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it didn't even register with me. Let's watch this thing. Yep, feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. So this film starts off right away with the slashing. Letting you know, this is a monster flick. And I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I thought that was fun. But to me... This isn't a Jurassic Park film right away. 
Jurassic Park isn't about it isn't monsters. Dinosaurs aren't monsters. They're just doing their thing. Yeah, no, this is now we are in monster territory. With no this doubt. One. I think we did a little bit of that in two when it comes to San Diego and like the T Rex in the backyard and shit like that. Like that we did a little bit of it in two, but we didn't go yeah. all in until three as like monster movie. But they also set up in two that she's just looking for her baby. Right. So kind of also like hey it's a monster but at the same time it's just someone trying to grab their baby and protect them so you kind of tone that down this one full-on monster yeah although that's what they want you to think this movie's about they don't fully commit to that though still because it's really mostly about the family you get a good (laughs) probably 25 minutes of this movie before you see a dinosaur like yeah it's it goes a while so to start off with, with the, the dad... Well, actually, I don't know who this guy is. I guess the boyfriend of... Taylor... Uh, what, what's Taylor Leone? Yeah. Yeah, Taylor Leone's character, which I didn't. I don't remember anyone's name in this except Billy and Dr. Grant. <laughs> I couldn't tell if the kid's name was... Was it Eric? Eric, Aaron, or Ben. Because of the way they were yelling it, I couldn't I, tell what the kid's name was. I think his name was Eric. I'm going to cut in, uh, like, them screaming it to see how wrong we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, sorry we had to, I'm sorry we had to be so Who rough. hit me? Eric! That would be um, Cooper. Eric! What are they doing? They're setting up a perimeter to make the place safe. These guys are good. Trust me, on this island, there is no such thing as safe. We have to get back on that plane. Will you tell your wife to stop making that noise? That is a very, very bad idea. Amanda? Ben? Amanda, honey, Dr. Grant said that's a bad idea. What? He says it's a bad idea. What's a bad idea? What was that? That's a Tyrannosaurus. I don't think so. Sounds bigger. We have to leave. We have to leave now. But the, again, the I just, I just never cared about the kid. Yeah. And I remember the entire time I'm like, I don't care. Well, by the time we get back to the kid, probably about 45 minutes into the movie, I forgot there was a kid they were looking for. <laughs> that's, that's not a good sign. <laughs> so at the beginning of this, you want to talk about that awful green screen where these the kid and this guy are just parasailing yeah so it's the kid and boyfriend parasailing i'm assuming and like when they're in the air it just like you were saying earlier it just doesn't look right so they have shots upwards where you see two people clearly really parasailing that looks great then they show side views of them parasailing and that looks fine then when they go straight on with them it looks awful like a tv movie yeah we probably gave it a pass in 01. I feel like in 01, that was pretty on par, but now it does not hold up. <laughs> but there's plenty of other stuff from that time period where it's it's good. So I don't know if this was additional footage and it just got overlooked. You know, we'll never know, but that just, yuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it starts. And, like, we get, we, we get, like, the slash of the title with the three, and then we kind of zoom in and go into the kid and him parasailing. It felt weird, like, it almost feels like the parasailing scene was, like, an opening scene, and then we were supposed to get credits, and then the movie was going to start, but we just start with credits, and then it goes to that, and then the movie starts after the little prologue. Kind of odd setup there. Because, like, we don't get anything before we're text, like, it is black screen, then text on screen. 
Like, it, it seems odd. And for these movies, because, like, uh, 2 had that great opening scene with the little ones on the beach, and then we get, like, all the credits and stuff. Mm-hmm. This, this one felt like it needed to do that, but then, like, opted not to or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the really weird part was it, it mentioned where they were, and then it had restricted in red. As an audience, do we really need the restricted part? <laughs> I mean, right when they show it, they're like, you know, like, hey, I can't get you on the island, but I can get you around the island. Yeah. You know, like, I yeah, we close. <laughs> we get it. So then it goes right into Dr. Grant, and you get, in my opinion, one of the worst when you find out Dr. Grant and Laura Dern, but no, what's the character's name? I forget the character's name every time. She's great. I always just forget the character's name. That's because we're horrible people, and we both hate women. (laughs) Correct, yeah. Ellie. Ellie. So when you find out Dr. Grant and Ellie are broken up, it's heartbreaking, that's what I, I like that about this movie, because any other sequel they would have been together, and then he would have went off, and then she would have been sad. I like it that she's like kind of having these mixed emotions about him seeing him again, and she's got this family with this other guy, and he's bonding with her kid, and he didn't want kids before. It works for me. But it deteriorates the entire point of the first film, Dr. Grant not really wanting kids, and then by the end of the film, he loves those kids. And that's why at the beginning, you know, at the end when he's hugging them and she's looking at him, this is going to be the father of my children. Then we get to this third one. It's just like, oops. I like that, though. It's like, uh, that's almost like real life. It's like, yeah, he went through this traumatic experience and felt this way. Give him a few years. He's not going to like kids again because that's just who he is. Like, <laughs> I don't want real life. I want Jurassic <laughs> Park 3. Uh, I like it. I, I, I think it's a nice dramatic uh, story. But choice. what's the payoff? The payoff is that at the end of that scene when she says uh, some something along the lines of it was really great seeing you or whatever, and she almost looks at him like she wishes she had this life with him, and then the payoff is at the end when she's the one that ends up being the one that saves him, and he's got to go talk to her. That's what you know he's going to go do. Whether they get together or not, he's at least going to tell payoff? her how she feels. Yeah. That's a terrible payoff. I like it. She calls in the military. She doesn't really... I mean... Yeah, but he has that conversation with the kid, and the kid's like, you got to talk to her when you get back. you got to tell her how yeah, you feel. Yeah, it's the dinosaur, man. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I, we'll just have to disagree on that. <laughs> I, like I did like Dr. Grant, though, telling the little kid, like, uh, so those are actually herbivores. They wouldn't <laughs> fight. And then yeah. she comes up. She's like, "He's three. Lay off." Or <laughs> <laughs> he's three. That's stuff for when maybe when he's five. <laughs> so then we. I, I don't really know where we go after that. But Doctor Grant essentially is speaking, trying to get money, funding for paleontology. Where you know, like, hey, these raptors are smarter than we think. They can talk. And, of course, everyone wants to ask him about Jurassic Park or the San Diego incident. And then he finally gets into talking. And he's like, I would never go back. No power on Earth could ever get me back to that island. Thank you very much, Dr. Grant. Now, does anyone have a question? Fine. Does anyone have a question that does not relate to Jurassic Park? Or the incident in San Diego, which I did not witness. Yes, sir. Your theory on raptors is good and all, but isn't all this conjecture kind of moot? 
I mean, once the UN and Costa Rica and everyone decides how to handle that second island, scientists will just go in and look for themselves. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters, nothing more and nothing less. Um, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. And then five minutes later, going back to the island for money. I'm like, yeah. what? This is what I, we're doing? I thought, yeah, I think actually that was funny. Like, it's like, nothing will give you like, nothing. And then, like, he sits down with his family and he's like, I'll fund all your research. And he's like, done. I'm going. Let's do it. But he's just making the exact same mistake from the first one. Like, it, Dr. Grant regresses. Not only does he lose Ellie, but now he's just as dumb as he was in the first <laughs> one. But the first time, we understand why he would do it for money. Because you're being enticed to go to this theme park where this larger-than-life man comes and promises you all this money. And now we get Kirby, who's just like, hey, it's uh, Kirby Enterprises, and uh, we'll give you money. We'll pay for it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Let's do well, it again. He's not, he's not going to the island. They're just supposed to fly over. And, you know, he's going to fund this research, and we see that he's struggling. And it's almost parallel to, like, sort of people, he's doing this talk or whatever, and people are just, like, walking out during it. People just don't care anymore. It's kind of like how people felt when this movie came out. Like, it's sort of like, like people don't care about dinosaurs anymore. Like, why are you putting a third one out? That's an excellent catch. It's exactly what it is. It's just like, yeah, yeah we'll come, but... Eh, let's just get out of here. Yeah, that's basically like what it is. And it's like, talk about the first Jurassic Park. And he's like, I'm not going to talk about the first Jurassic Park. But and everybody we want like more of the first one. Right. I kind of like that that parallel. And I think they knew what they were doing at, at that point. Yeah, well, if that's if they're paralleling that to the first and second one, yeah, that's good. I, I just didn't like how it was just like, oh, yeah, I'll go right back <laughs> for the exact same thing. We also, we also see a good foretelling our future a little bit with the 3D printer of the mm-hmm. Raptor vocal cords and vocal system. Well, we need to mention that item because it comes back in sort of a very important role in it. So it, this whole thing is like they 3D print the vocal cords? It's like, yeah, it's like their diaphragm. What do they call it? I don't know. I, don't know. I ain't no doctor. Yeah. Basically like where they make their sounds yeah Um, so they can talk to each other and this whole film is basically about raptors being smart and being very vocal like they're they're pack hunters yeah and the raptors are very much sort of like the uh i'd say wolves yeah they're like pack hunting and stuff like that but the the raptors of this movie are very much like the t-rex in jurassic world where it's sort of like the thing that ties back to the first one Mm -hmm. and they kind of withhold it and it sort of ends up being the main yeah. main villain or whatever in the movie at the end so yeah they, i mean they they still are hanging on to that thread from yeah. part one going into it uh amanda kirby and paul kirby have they're the parents of the lost kid eric eric so they get into a plane with enforcers i don't know what they are bounty hunters like but they end up not being bounty hunters like they yeah. they, they well they're just as much of a joke as the kirby's are right because at one point dr grant asked the one like, are you really a mercenary? He's like, no, not at all. Like, and he does something really generic. Like, yeah, yeah. he's just making the extra money. Yeah, which is funny because no one's getting paid for this. 
Yeah, no one actually ends up getting paid. Kirby doesn't have any money. He is not a wealthy a philanthropist where he's going to fund this research. No. He's a kitchen and tile guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that that made me laugh. So when they get to the island, of course, everything gets fucked up. Well, they, they were supposed to just fly over, and then they, they land, and Grant's like, what's going on? And he's like, we're looking for our kid. And he's like, what? I didn't sign up for this and because the yeah. kid got lost in that opening scene we were talking about. Uh, they knock his ass out. Yeah, they knock him out uh, so that he's just, like, fine with it, I guess. There's this like, crazy plane crash, and that's their first sort of sign of chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, my first sign of, like, oh, shit, what have I gotten into in the theater was when I see a talking raptor. Wake up. I'm almost there. Yeah. Dr. Grant. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> Dream sequence. Yeah, I have mixed feelings on that scene. In I can't one, stand it. I, in, I, in one aspect, it is kind of horrifying. In another aspect, it is kind of hilarious. So I don't know where I fall on that one. <laughs> well, it really took me out of the movie, even this time watching it. Because I, I don't know why, but I forgot it was in there, even though I couldn't stand it in the original time. Because it's probably been like six, seven years since I watched this. And when it happens, I, I do like, everything lifts. Like, I'm, like, I'm completely taken out of the story. <laughs> because I'm thinking... What was the point of that? What was that choice? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the first time we see a dinosaur full on in this movie. And that's oh a good 20, 25 gosh. minutes into the movie. That's the first time we see a dinosaur. That's not good. <laughs> Is in that dream sequence. Yeah. So anyway, they get to the island. They wreck. The wreck was pretty cool. Yeah, the wreck is a really good scene. Yeah, where the dinosaur runs right across and grabs the guy and his blood gets sprayed. But when they're on the ground, I, I, this is odd, when he says, oh man, that sounds like a T-Rex, and then Dr. Ant goes, no, it sounds bigger. I was like, really? You can, <laughs> you can tell that? You can tell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I... That was both Sarah and I looked at each other, because she, she watched this with me, and she did the ultimate insult, where she started reading a book. That's how much she didn't care about this. We looked at each other, and I'm like, how can you tell... Like, I could tell... A bigger dinosaur from a smaller dinosaur. <laughs> but how can you tell the difference between one big dinosaur and another big dinosaur when you haven't even seen that dinosaur? Right. Yeah. You never encountered this one before. Uh, uh, oh well. Maybe yeah. that, that's nitpicking. Yeah. Right, whatever. So. Uh, we see the dinosaur, and that's sort of our main threat until the raptors get involved in the yeah. end. Uh, the, and it's the Spinosaurus thing. Cool looking dinosaur, and you could tell they built like a big real one too. They use a lot in this movie. Yeah, it's an incredible looking dinosaur. One mistake in this is the marketing for this film sold the ultimate killing machine in the T Rex facing the new ultimate killing machine. And when they meet, the fight is like five seconds. Yeah, and the Spinosaurus just rips its neck open and it's the end. <laughs> and I think there was, I do remember kind of like the groan, like, uh, oh. And that's kind of like where you just leave the entire audience flat. Because if it would have been like a grandiose 30-second, 45-second fight, and Spinosaurus would have killed T-Rex, everyone, I think, would have been like, well, that's just what happens. It's 
when I watched the behind the scenes on this, it turns out Spinosaurus was the largest meat-eating dinosaur ever that they've ever found. Like, T-Rex was 30-something feet high, and Spinosaurus was, like, standing at 50-something feet and was as long as a whale. I mean, it was massive. So it looked cool, but I just thought the choice of having the quickest fight possible was... They went too far. I get what they were trying to do. They're like, hey, this new dinosaur, kids, is so cool. It'll rip open the, your favorite dinosaur from the first movie. But then it's like, well, that was our favorite dinosaur from the first movie. <laughs> 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 I don't want to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> I'm sure test audiences were like, well, that sucked. And they're like, well, we can't go back <laughs> yeah. and reshoot it. <laughs> yeah. The T-Rex looks cool, though. It looks good. Both look cool. Yeah, I, I thought that, that was a good... Uh, uh, carry over from the first one. I thought I the T Rex looks cool. The fight of them looks like a video game, but it's 2001. I'll give it a pass. Yeah, I, I was telling you before we got into the podcast here. I think some of the, uh, as much as like the green screen of like people in foregrounds and green screen backgrounds look terrible in this movie, dinosaur effects and regular CGI look pretty good in this movie for 2001. The dinosaurs hold up and look fine. Though. Yeah, their only mistake was too much light. The animatronics going into this, what does Ashley call it? Uh, Ashley watched this with me right before we saw Jurassic World, so a couple years ago when that came out, we watched this when she had never seen it. She calls this one the Muppet Dinosaur movie because they all look like Jim Henson puppet uh, dinosaurs, and I do think, I agree with you, it's because they shot it in the daytime. Yeah, it's all the lighting. You can see all the, I'm not going to say mistakes, but you can see all the brightness. Like, there's no mystery and right it's fully exposed when that animatronic t-rex is in the dark and in the rain in the first one you're like that's a fucking real dinosaur <laughs> and this one they're in broad daylight and they just pop up like muppets you know from the bottom of the screen and you're just like that's a puppet like it's cool looking thank you for doing an animatronic and not cgi but it's a puppet <laughs> yeah that's a big problem the first and second one did the greatest example of mixing animatronics and cg that we might ever see. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's something out there and we're forgetting about. But Terminator 2. But yeah. as of right now, that's it. Yep. That's like the gold standard. Yeah. And it was made in the 90s. Yeah, it was made 25 years ago. So, uh, and, and, now, we, and nowadays all of our... And this is going to be cynical. Fine, I'll be cynical. Nowadays, it just all looks like a giant video game. Yeah, everything is CGI, which actually is another thing that makes me excited for Fallen Kingdom, the new Jurassic World movie. It's a lot of practical dinosaurs in this new one. Good, it works, because J.J. Abrams, when he did the Star Treks, yeah. the reason they look so damn good is because so much of it's real. Right. So that's hopefully what we're going to get with this new Jurassic. It's the same thing with the the Star Wars. As much as people get might not like The Force Awakens and call it the ultimate reboot, soft reboot, which I'm sort of in that crowd, but I still like it. And with The Last Jedi, there's so much in there that's practical. It looks you're it looks what is the word other than real? What am I searching for? It, it looks tangible. Tangible. There you There's go. something in front of an actor that an actor is reacting to or talking to, as opposed to when it's all CGI, like we saw in Jurassic World, uh, the first Jurassic World, where everything is CGI. Anytime any of those actors are like interacting with a dinosaur, you feel no threat. Yeah. You don't feel like they're in danger. 
in this movie, even though they are animatronics and puppets, you feel like they're in danger because there is a giant 50-foot animatronic standing in front of them. <laughs> so in the behind the scene, uh, when they were showing footage of this film, the making of it, William H. Macy says something that we are all probably thinking is he's like, when that animatronic is coming over you, this giant Spinosaurus, when they're underneath the water at the end, he's like, I'm actually afraid. He's like, that thing could fall on me and crush me. Right. Like, you feel totally just at the mercy of these puppeteers. And he's like, well, and, you know, as actors, we eventually know we have to pretend. And so where they're running from the pterodactyls or the whatever they're called, I actually don't know what type of dinosaur the flying dinosaur is. I thought they just were pterodactyls. Are they anything special? I have no idea. I thought they were just regular pterodactyls. I I think there's multiple flying predator dinosaurs. Anyway, so he was saying that. He's like, when they're chasing him in the river, he's like, I'm an actor. I'm a professional. We have to figure out a way to show fear and everything. He goes, but it's not the same. Right. It'll never be the same. You can be the greatest actor in the world. I mean... Look at the look at the fucking Marvel movies. They literally have some of the greatest actors of our generation, and they look confused half the time in those movies because they're just reacting to nothing all the time. And those like, well, when, when they're in their suits and actually talking to each other and interacting, you can tell like they're interacting with each other and it feels normal. But there are parts, especially when they're interacting with the Hulk. Eh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know how, what's his name, in Thor Ragnarok, did such a good job interacting with Thor. Yeah. Anyway. We digress. I, I, that's sort of what I'm saying, too. Like, even if you're not afraid of the animatronic dinosaur, that's still a 50-foot creation in front of you. Like, <laughs> that's still scary. <laughs> that's still a mass. Oh, uh, Yeah. Oh, man, where are we at? Did Dr. Alan Grant finds the kid? Basically, yeah. They go through some adventures. They get into, you know, they get away from, and we lose some of the mercenary characters. They get eaten by the either the raptors or the spinosaurus. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Grant splits off, finds the kid. But, oh, we're missing the great scene that they sold, though, in the trailers. They go to the nursery or nursing uh, facility for the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the scene that's in all the trailers because mm-hmm. that's the best scene in the movie because it's super tense. Like when you see uh, the first time when Taylor Leone passes camera and in the background the raptor runs in the you see yeah. it in the background in the forest or whatever. And then the amazing, of course, scene that they use in all the advertising when she's looking at the different uh, test tubes of all the dinosaurs and mm-hmm. she sees the raptor head and it's an alive raptor that's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, to me, is always kind of like that corny uh, giant movie thing they did. Because you're like, would a raptor really do that? I don't know, but whatever. It's fun. Yeah, no, it's fun. It works. Like, who cares? Like, who cares about the actuality of that? Like, that's just a fun scene. That's what leads them, I think, to getting split up, that yeah. scene. But that is, that's probably my favorite scene still in the movie. And all these, all these scenes like this, like the sort of chase scenes and the threat scenes, anything like that, they do feel... Very Spielberg. Almost in that, like, Spielberg, not Spielberg sort of way, like uh, Gremlins or Goonies, you know, those movies that he has his mm-hmm. hand in, but he didn't actually direct or whatever. Uh, this this movie, in those points, feels like one of those movies. This is that sort of amazing stories, Back to the Future kind of feel with these tense scenes. Because I feel like all the dinosaur tension threat scenes are really good. Uh, yeah, I think... I mean, I guess skipping forward when they're caught in kind of like the birdcage with the pterodactyls. Yeah. 
it's it's tense it's good uh very action-packed all of that is fine it's just little elements in this movie that throw me off like let's talk about billy taking the raptor eggs then getting caught by dr alan grant alan you want to give me the bag back it's okay billy i got it please give me the bag it's not safe I'd known that you were going to end up with them. I took them on an impulse. I thought they'd be worth a fortune enough to fund the takes out another ten more years. Look, you have to believe me. This was a stupid decision, but I did it with the best intentions. With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. What is the entire purpose of that? I Well, that's the reason the raptors are coming after them. Yeah, but that's part of my problem. They just put it in there like, well, we need a reason for them to chase it. Oh, we'll just have this kid well, steal the it's... eggs. But And then Dr. Grant goes, you're just as bad as engine. But at the end, he doesn't learn anything. He should have died. Yeah, no, I feel like him being alive in the helicopter at the end was kind of a cop-out because, yeah, if he would have died, that was sort of his... Uh, air quotes punishment for what he, he did. The character but, doesn't get punished at all. But yeah, he just he's fine on the helicopter. But yeah, like it's it. Well, he doesn't get punished because he has a saving moment where he in the birdcage jumps and attracts the pterodactyls so that the kid could be saved yeah, or whatever. But like that, that's safe family crap. But right that's there. that's yeah, that's family. But you know what? That's a page out of Spielberg's book too, though. Right there, he did not. But Spielberg would have killed him. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, Spielberg, that's the thing. When he did Jurassic Park, and he did Jurassic Park 2, he did not spare characters. Yeah, no, if people had to die, they had to die. I think he would have killed them, but it would have been the same motion. It would have been like, he fucked up, Grant said something bad to him, he's in a, a peril situation where he's going to die, but then he saves the kid in the last second, and then he dies. That's a, that's yeah. that's textbook Spielberg. <laughs> and they didn't stick to it. But they didn't in fact, stick to it. at the very end, when they find him... My whole thing was, how? Hit where? <laughs> where did they find him? You just at? landed on the beach, found all the main characters. He's already on the and helicopter. He's on the helicopter. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It's, hey, oh, it, yeah, so. that was, that's totally like, that's probably a test screening thing, you know? Like, yeah, we liked maybe. Billy. We liked Billy. We sh- I think you should be alive at the end. And it's like, why? I, I talked about this multiple times. I love really tight scripts, scripts that have payoffs for each character or like each character's punished when they do something bad or they, you know like that is one where they just it's loose it's it doesn't make any sense at the end and it eliminates a lot of like really good life lessons in a way yeah i mean not that i go to these films for life lessons but we also have to be real with these scripts they gotta make sense yeah 
I I see what you're saying, but I I like him taking the raptor eggs, and that's the reason they come after him. I don't know if there's but, necessarily but it, it a, ruins it though because he doesn't die. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I wish he did die in the movie and wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I wish he died. Um, the actor, the character, just all of it. Just wish he was dead. No, but uh, I oh. think he should have died. But I, I like the stealing of the raptor eggs, and that's why the raptors are after them. I think that's just better than if they would have said "fuck it" and just had the raptors come after them anyway, giving that little morsel of something. Yeah. I still I like that. Why is Amanda Kirby's character? so annoying i'm used to it i remember her screaming and it was annoying as hell and how they make the kirby's as dumb as can be yeah i get it the derpy kirby's yeah sarah's watching this film she is on the island i don't know for a couple minutes and she looks at me she's like is this character supposed to be this annoying (laughs) and that's her saying it like it always feels better like when i point it out as like a female being annoying I feel sort of a little bad. Right. But when she said it, I was like, I am right. Yeah. Maybe it's because I like Taylor. I never felt that with the hair in this movie. I think the characters were like woefully underwritten. It's not like a good oh. part. But I don't know. I didn't think she was annoying. She didn't annoy me. She just didn't oh, do really? anything for me. She just didn't do anything when for me. When she just sits there and keeps screaming, and it's just like, you're on an island of dinosaurs. I just, I, I guess I just forgave it because I was like, these are just like two derpy characters that no. have never been in this situation before. Yeah. I guess we'll just move on to probably, in my opinion, the best scene when the Spinosaurus is attacking them underneath the water. Yeah, also a great scene. And it was also in a lot of their advertising, too. That entire portion, I don't know, 10 minutes, was the best part in the film. I re- yeah, I really like that scene. The whole boat scene, when even, even by the time they blow up the boat with the with the spinosaurus there all good mm-hmm. it's in the rain it's dark it's scary it totally fits the the monster movie vibe they're going yeah. for i'm not gonna say like it's as good as the first one when the t-rex attacks the jeeps it's not but it felt it had the same feeling where i felt like the dinosaur was real <laughs> and i felt like oh shit someone's gonna die that was a good like scene with an actual threat actual stakes felt good it was a good scene <laughs> yeah really good then we have a super anticlimactic ending. Yeah, basically they get trapped by the raptors, and Dr. Grant uses the throat piece that Billy 3D printed and speaks into it because he's learning sort of their speaking. Throughout the whole movie, he's learning sort of what each call means. <laughs> They know what the help call is because they heard it in the, the nursery scene. Mm-hmm. So they're like, do the help call. So then he sort of does it in the throat piece and it sends them running and then they're safe. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, the little kid finally gives the phone to um, Ellie's, Ellie. Ellie and Ellie calls the Navy and the Marines, which when they said that, I was like, well, they travel together. So, I mean, that really kind of, you know. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, because yeah, there's a scene on the boat when, again, the very Spielberg-y, like, uh, high, super high stakes, 
moment when Dr. Grant, also trying to survive the Spinosaurus, is trying to talk on the phone. To a kid. To a kid <laughs> who needs to give the phone to Ellie so Ellie can call for help. That's textbook Spielberg as well. Yeah, I, I liked that where the kid's watching Barney, or he gets distracted by Barney. Yeah. Obviously, we all know what this is. Throwing Barney in there, the purple dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, that was fantastic. What I just didn't get is at the very end of this, <laughs> they go off, they take off in the helicopter, and the pterodactyls don't attack the helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just flying. like, oh, look at them. They're majestic flying yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's because they sort of are like not terrifying anymore. They're okay because they're flying. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I kind of see their choice there. I mean, just, I think they were trying to say, like, they're not monsters. They're just yeah. animals they're reacting just animals. on instincts exactly. and everything. But yeah. at the same time, if it's a monster movie, you should get one more attack in there. Like, take down one of the helicopters. They've got to put them down. If it's going to be a monster film. Yeah, no, I mean, if Spielberg had done this movie, that is absolutely what would have happened. They would have had their out. Everything would be working out great. And then there'd be one final terror moment because yeah. he does that in every movie where just, just like jurassic park 2 when they finally get the t-rex to come back to the boat and then they find out everyone on the boat's dead yeah there's a there's always that one last threat moment yeah. this movie doesn't have that <laughs> man every time that jurassic park theme swells i still get chills oh, though oh, yeah. it works on me every time every time immediately shot back to childhood and wonderment of seeing movies for the first time like and it works on me like a fucking charm. Like <laughs> I would, if I had a top ten favorite movie theme, I would, I mean, Star Wars, when he, you know, that comes up. Oh, man, that's that would be so hard to come up, but this might be it. This is the one where when Jurassic World came out and I watched it on theater on opening night, I had goosebumps. Yeah, when I, when it I works. heard it. Yeah. It works every time. It's going to work on me in this new one. It worked on me in World. I, I liked World, but like it worked on me there. It's going to work every time. It's Every time. It works on Lost World for me, and that's the one of the series that I don't like. So I, I, I think... <laughs> I like Lost World all the way up until like when it crashes into the dock, and then it just turns into like... Dinosaur rampage through San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Just something about like them carrying a running down the street carrying a screaming baby dinosaur. Yeah. That I'm like, what are we watching again? Like, what, did <laughs> I I, what did I sign up for? What am I doing? We gotta bring the terror to you. Now that we sort of covered everything from this movie, I will just say, like, in summation, while it's not as good at all as the first one, I kind of still like three. I like Jurassic 3. I, I think it's just a fine movie. I give Enjoy it, it five claws slashes out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I don't kind of like to put numbers on it, but like I like <laughs> it. I like it. Like I enjoy the movie. I, I think it's a fine movie. I think it's a fun movie. I actually love that it's short. I love that it's an hour and a half. Because I, I feel like they pack a lot in an hour and a half as opposed to stretch it out. Yeah, we yeah. waited a little too long to see the dinosaurs, but... Once we get action scenes, it's pretty much like action scene, few minutes, action scene, few minutes. Like It's pretty nicely paced out once we get to the island. Yeah, I think it's a perfectly fine monster movie, but it's not a good Jurassic Park movie. I, I think that's how I'm trying to put this. Because at the end of the day, who the hell is the bad guy in this? The raptors. <laughs> so, yeah, with the first one, Engine ended up being the bad guy. You know, like uh, nerdy, um, oh, what's his name from Seinfeld? 
fuck, I can't remember oh, his name. Oh, uh, Newman. What's Newman. his name? Uh, What's it? Uh, Newman. Uh, <laughs> when Newman's, you know, trying to get... You know who the bad guys are. It's, we're playing God, and we created something we can't control. Yeah. You're the bad guys. And the second one, it was the evil corporate people trying to take advantage of the dinosaurs. And this one, you're like, eh? I think I think lies are the real villain here. Because, I think like, the Kirby should have been the villain. Well, they're, they're lying. They trick him into going there they're liars and then also with billy taking the yeah eggs he's a liar so lies are the threat in this movie. <laughs> i think at the beginning kirby's and billy were supposed to be the enemies they were going to sabotage dr alan grant at the end um like say the kirby's would have gotten everything you know gotten the raptor eggs or something else for research then they could have sold it and actually paid for these whatever yeah they're not mercenaries. I don't know what the hell they were. Just yeah. like weekend warriors. They could have paid them. They could have, you know, made up a ton of money. And they could have been, because they knock out Dr. Grant. They lie to him. They take him there and everything, you know, to find their kid. At the end of the day, if they could have put them in a situation where it would have been between Dr. Alan Grant and the eggs, help, help me type thing. And he's like, Sorry, Doctor, you know, we only yeah. got we only got room on the plane for these eggs. Yeah. And then the dinosaur would have eaten one of the parents, and then maybe you could have had Amanda Kirby and the kid get away, but the dad ultimately is the worst part of it because he's just lying. Yeah. There's and no then, and then, that, yeah. that paints no real threat then. So the thing is like at the end of the day, everyone's the hero, everyone survives. And the poor black pilot dies <laughs> yeah of course he does um well, i know as soon as he died i go of course yeah and uh all the mercenaries die as well which there's only three of them so yeah you know whatever it, it's funny like we fake out the death of billy he's ends up being fine then we also get a fake out death of william h macy for a second too when he blows up the boat you everybody That's thinks right. he's still on the boat and yeah. he just like walks around the fire and he's like i'm fine guys and it's like god like we can't kill anybody in this movie <laughs> But yeah, overall, I dig it. I like it. I like it more than Lost World. I like the animatronics, even though they should have shot them in, in the nighttime instead of during the day. I like that it's a monster movie. I wish they would have committed more to it. Uh, I like that it's short. I like the pacing. I, I have good things to say about it. Even though it's not a great movie, I like it. I would say you only need to own this if you're a completist. It's worth a watch, totally. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as saying, like, don't watch this. It's got its moments of fun. Yeah. I just think as a complete movie, it's lacking. And I get why people call it the black sheep of the franchise. It's just... It's I just, don't. We're in a, it's in a franchise with Jurassic World and The Lost World, which are both like questionable movies. Yeah. Obviously, I really like Jurassic World, but I'm a sucker for nostalgia and reboot things like that. But there's no excuse for Lost World. <laughs> well, what I hope is this next one, Lost World 2... The hidden forbidden planet. I don't know the volcano. I will never. I cannot. The fallen kingdom, right? Yeah. Fallen. Man, I have such a hard time remembering that subtitle. But in this one, the next one coming out, I I hope they go full bore monster movie slash horror film. This one had a chance to be that one, and it didn't. It kind of just like backed off a yeah. little bit. Maybe it was you know scared that you know they didn't want to lose money. I have no idea, and I don't really care because it's over. But this one, let's let's learn from it. Lost World Two, you go full on. Yeah, no, and I think that's why they got the orphanage director to do that one because it. I think it's going to be 
at least. It's how they're marketing it. So hopefully it actually is a full-on horror movie, and they deliver on the promise of a ton of animatronic beasties, little dinosaurs. I, I'm only ho- holding out hope for this new one. Yeah, let's move on to behind the scenes. I think we lost him. It's okay, it's dead. Nobody move a muscle. Behind the scenes here, what I noticed was, in the making of it, that we had all the big players on it. We had Spielberg was on set a lot of this film. We had uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got the Stan Winston studio doing the effects Mm -hmm. once again, uh, doing the practical dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, all the pieces are in place here. Joe Johnson is, of course, a protege of Spielberg. is from the Amblin family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have him doing Rocketeer, Jumanji, Captain America, the first Avenger. Of course, that was after this. But, I mean, he certainly knows his own type of film. Yeah, he makes adventure films. He makes, you know, Spielberg-like kind of movies. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, this should have this been a really good film to the masses it just didn't work out now it's an 80 90 million dollar film and i think worldwide and domestic it made close to 400 million cumulative worldwide gross it made 368 almost 370 million it it certainly made its money it just wasn't widely as accepted as the second one It, it didn't make anywhere near the same amount of money joe johnston was wanted to do the second one but spielberg said hey I'm going to do the second one. Everything's lined up. But if we do another one, you're going to be my number one guy. It worked out that way. Joe Johnson came on here. They had already started the process of creating the dinosaurs. They knew the Spinosaurus was going to be their main baddie. And here's the only bad thing is when he got to set, only about 60% of the script was written. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, two of the credited screenwriters on this movie are Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. Alexander Payne is the Oscar-winning director, writer of The Descendants, Sideways, Election, like a very, very famous filmmaker. And Jim Taylor obviously won the Oscar for Descendants uh, as one of the co-writers of that. These are prestigious writers. I don't know who the original writer of this is, though. uh, Peter Buchman? I don't know know what he's done. Oh, the Che movies and Aragon. So not much. Yeah, this is odd that he's on here. I don't know what he's about. But it is, you know, you get a decent amount of writers. That's part of a problem, too, sometimes. Uh, Typically, when you see three writers on something, you're like, uh... Yeah. uh, Is this going to work out? You know, it is what it is. I just don't understand why they didn't have a fully polished, ready-to-go script. Yeah, I don't... I can't imagine them needing to meet this date in 2001. Like, it was that big of a deal to hit it in 2001. Could have made this movie in 02 and people still wouldn't have cared, you know? Like, they already kind of missed the mark and people already weren't feeling it after sort of how poorly, I guess, critically, uh, Lost World was received. Nobody cared. It didn't matter. There was no reason to rush it. (laughs) Yeah. I completely agree. I, I don't know why they would rush something like this. And you can really tell that this you know script had spots that are just giant. I feel like there's probably a decent amount of deleted scenes from this. Like I feel like the Kirbys and Billy knew each other. Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's something missing there. Wow. 
This is brilliant, Billy. Really, it is. Sad to say, it's just a little bit late. Dr. Grant? Paul Kirby. Kirby Enterprises. Uh, my card. How you doing, Billy? What can I do for you, Mr. Kirby? Well, um, first thing, I'm a great admirer of yours, and uh, I have a, a proposition I'd like to discuss with you. Would you have dinner with my wife and me this evening? It'll be our treat. Well, that'd be great, but I'm tired. I've been traveling. Maybe some other time. Believe me, this will be worth your while. We'd love to. Oh, terrific. That's the spirit. Good. This evening, then. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's more there. When the Kirbys come up to Dr. Grant, and he's like, hey, or when the Jack Kirby comes up, and he's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, Billy. Like, he knew Billy. Right. And and then Billy's like, oh, we'd love to go. Like, he was pushing Dr. Yeah, Grant. Yeah, there, there's something interesting to explore there that they chose not to or they cut out of the movie. Yeah, either they didn't film it or maybe they did film it and people just thought the movie was too long, even though it's still only like 90 minutes. I, I don't know. There's something there, I guarantee you. I don't know. It had, but still, it had all the pieces in place that there should have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, also work off of a finished script, though, maybe before you start shooting, because <laughs> that's never good. That never really works out for anybody. That just doesn't feel like something Amblin and Universal would do. Right, yeah, that seems very, uh, you know, low budget. You've got to impress some people to make people see a third Jurassic Park movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, at least with some of the movies now, because they scheduled them so far in advance, I could see they're like, oh, well, we've got to hit this mark, so we've got to start now. This one is just like, what was, what, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, I know Spielberg right after this left and went and did Schindler's List. No, no, that was, that was no, right no. after the first one. Right after the first one. Yeah, I got those two confused. But he left this to AI. shoot. Was it AI? Okay. I just got... Or Minority <laughs> minority Report, probably. What a dramatic Schindler's list to, like, Minority Report. Yeah, like, definitely would have been Minority Report at yeah. this time. But he left He left the... I'd say probably about 75% of the film was shot, and I saw on the DVD that I had, he took off. Yeah, had to go make another movie. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say Sam Neill coming back as Dr. Grant, great job. Yeah, falls right back into that character with the greatest of ease i think and he's sam, super watchable sam neill's one of the most unappreciated actors out there agree absolutely underrated fantastic actor yeah i could watch him in almost anything i guess in uh new zealand because that's where he's from he is a national treasure there though people like like peter jackson they like sam neill's their guy like and that makes me happy to know at least in one part of the world he is like the guy He's the actor. <laughs> well, he's also the guy in like our VHS DVD collection because I guarantee you, he's a national treasure to you and I. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He absolutely is a national treasure. I mean, treasure. he's in one of your favorite movies of yes. all time. Yeah, in the Mouth of Madness, and he's so amazing in that movie. Like, yeah. And then Jurassic Park. How could you fucking not love him yeah. in Jurassic Park, the first one? So yeah, yeah, I think he slips in really nicely. I think so does uh, Laura Dern. Slips right back into her part. She doesn't have a lot to do here, but it's nice to see her. It gave me more than fucking Jurassic World did. Yeah, uh, I get Dr. Grant and Ellie in this one. I get fucking B.D. Wong in Jurassic World. And I'm like, I wasn't asking for him to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was he in this? Is this N- not in the third one, no. No, is this the only Jurassic he's not in? No, he's not in the second one either. Is he not? No, he's just in the first one. Why was it such a big deal to bring him back for Jurassic World? Don't know. 
Don't know that choice. Really weird choice. It's like, of all the people to bring back. Because <laughs> the marketing for Jurassic World is just like, and the return of BD Wong. And it's like, like uh, as like a okay. person who likes like 90s character actors, I was kind of excited. But as like a Jurassic Park fan, I'm like, that's the one you went with? Couldn't even bring one of the kids back? <laughs> I would love it in the second one if the kid ran, one of the kids randomly returns. If Dr. Grant shows up in, like, a post credit scene or something like that, I'm going to shit. I'm going <laughs> to sh- sit in that seat and shit myself. <laughs> Just to, pre- but, like, the happiest shit of my life. Like, I'm going to be so excited, and I'm going to shit myself, and it's going to be great. <laughs> so I'm going to skip watching it with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't sit next to me, because it might get messy. But I'm very excited if he were to show up, because I love him. I love him in this movie. I love him in the first one. And I hope he has a crazy beard and he's like a crazy wilderness person where he's just like hunting dinosaurs again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, other people might, you know, be like, that's corny. I'm going to be like, fuck you. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If he's like, after the credits, like, the dinosaurs are out, they're, like, coming into the world, and we have to, like, hunt them, and we need a hunter, and they go to him, and he's, like, the badass after the credits, like, loading a shotgun or something, I'm gonna be like, done, sold, can I buy my ticket for three right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Don't think we forgot about the additional footage after the VHS. Matt, what did we have? (laughs) So we had, uh, two unnecessary things that they made us stay for uh the first thing we get is the jurassic park soundtrack commercial yes the enhanced cd (laughs) yeah remember those you put your cd in the computer and you get like a 30 second video that like fucking didn't work half the time yeah and it's like choppy yeah yeah trying to use your dial-up to get it to play like a shitty uh, sega cd (laughs) yeah basically and it was probably just like the trailer for the movie i remember those enhanced cds it was fun then next we had scan command which i let you look up hungry for power only Scan Command lets you scan barcodes for powers that transform your dinosaur into the ultimate fighting champion. Scan Command includes Scanner and Jurassic Park computer game rated E for everyone. Yes, okay. I guess the best thing to come out of Jurassic World 3, or Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 3 for everybody was Scan Command, apparently. It was known as Jurassic Park uh, colon Scan Command. It was a 2001 fighting strategy game developed by Knowledge Adventure for uh, Microsoft Windows, and it was based primarily on Jurassic Park 3. And what it was uh, unique about it was it used a barcode scanner in order for you to do what you wanted to do. I'm not going to go into reading like the gameplay or whatever, but uh, basically it's a puzzle mini game that you, you scan your barcodes to figure out the puzzle or whatever. When this came out, this like won awards. And what? Yeah. Apparently, this was kind of a big deal. PC Magazine really liked this barcode element. Uh, it was a recommended game for the 2001 Christmas season. Uh, it was nominated by the... This is what it was nominated for. It didn't win the award, but it was nominated for the Academy Interactive Arts and Sciences for PC Family Game of the Year. What? So, it was kind of a big deal. But, like, yeah, it, it said one of the reviews was like... Uh, the game is a bit complex. It takes time to figure out how to put together your dinosaurs. After that, though, players have a great time commanding prehistoric creatures and battles that take place in three, uh, 3D environments. Children looking for fast-paced arcade action won't enjoy Scan Command, but those who like to tinker and solve puzzles will find the game engaging. 
for uh, a, one of those cumulative rating sites for games, it got a 79% out of 100. Hmm. People really like the scanner element of it. When you're talking about the music and the home video, I kind of was interested in what video games came out, and then I just read this. Five weeks before filming, Johnson and Spielberg rejected the entire script as they were dissatisfied with it. $18 million had already been spent on the film at the time. Johnson felt that the script story was too complicated. The simpler rescue mission plot, which had been suggested by David Cope, was used for the, the film instead. Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor began rewriting the script in July 2000. Wow. <laughs> they just threw it out. That article that I read now makes a little bit more sense. That it only had about 60% of the script done. They must have been talking about like when a lot of the filming was done, the new script was only 60% done or something like that. Yeah. That's very interesting. That actually explains a lot. Wow, Wikipedia, who knew? <laughs> so should we move on? Yeah, let's go into let's the museum. The museum, yeah, let's do it. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. If you're new to Analog Jones, this is the part of the show where we put something in our museum. Just like Indy. Matt, you want to start off this week? Sifting through our plastic is, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, it's sifting through. Uh, I think I'm going to put in something positive again. Uh, a, little, a little gold to put in our museum. I, I love the nursery habitat scene entirely uh, when they're being sort of surrounded by the raptors and they don't even know it and they think they've sort of found salvation in this room where they were growing the dinosaurs, basically. And they have that cheesy scene of the raptor head in the, the jar, but it turns out the raptor's just hiding behind it. Love that scene. Love that scene. Uh, could watch it all day. <laughs> it's a really good scene. Mine is also a scene involving dinosaurs. The very end, when Spinosaurus is attacking them in the cage underneath the water. It's fantastic. It felt like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Very, very Spielbergy. Very Jurassic Park, for sure. Yeah. The only odd thing was is when he shoots off that flare and then the water bursts into flames around the Spinosaurus and it had to run off. I was like, wait, was there oil in the water? Was there gas? <laughs> Am I missing something? The but, flare did it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but when they're, you know, the phone's flipping around and they're, he's trying to talk to the kid, that whole scene right there is, is the best portion in the film. In my opinion, yours is the other one, which is also very good. But both the... Both of those scenes have a lot in common. The tension is mm. high, and, and it works. It feels very Jurassic Park. It, yeah. like it's very of this world of these movies that we've established with two movies prior. Like they, f those scenes fit in really well with those. So uh, yeah, I I like your pick as well. So next week we are going to end our Jurassic June. It's gone fast, but it's been fun, and we're going to end it with an in theater movie, and that movie is Jurassic World Two. The Fallen Kingdom. Yes. I am cautiously optimistic about this one. I'm pretty excited for it. I hope it's good. Uh, all, all I want is some monster movie dinosaur carnage. Like, they're never going to get the magic of Spielberg back. So if we're not going to do magical and wonder, wondrous and adventurous, make it scary. Make it a fucking monster movie. And that's what I'm in for. Yeah, I mean, after... The first Jurassic World, I kind of just don't care. So this film's kind of getting the low expectations, and that could really help it. I mean, that could work to its advantage. 
Because this one, I'm just walking in. I'm like, let's let's watch a dinosaur film. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I hope I hope they just deliver on that. That's all I need to do for me to be happy. <laughs> just make it really fun. Make it fun. Make it scary. Make make some cool animatronic dinosaurs. I'll be happy. I'm e- I'm an easy man to satisfy. <laughs> Thank you for listening again. Remember, you can rate and review us on iTunes. That helps out. Listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher. See, I don't know YouTube, Podbean. So many ways. So many ways to listen. Listen to us on all of them. Try them out. See which one you like the best. (laughs) (laughs) And remember to be kind. And rewind.